Hey, faith community. I'm Jason. Today we are continuing our walk through the New Testament together. Today we are in Hebrews chapter 7. In Hebrews chapter 7, we get a little bit more insight into a really sort of mysterious character that we see uh, sort of sporadically throughout uh, the, the Old and the New Testament. We see this king of Salem, Melchizedek. He's brought up here uh, in Hebrews chapter 7. We saw him a couple chapters earlier in chapters 5 and 6. We also see him in having some... Uh, interaction with Abraham in Genesis chapter 14. We see him in Psalm 110. But the passage we're looking at today in chapter 7, uh, the first few verses, is the, the, the greatest insight we get into uh, who Melchizedek is. So we know we know very little about him, and I think this is done intentionally. I think there's some things that are left out uh, intentionally. We'll, we'll see why I, I think that. But what are some things that we do know. Uh, we do know that today's passage refers to him as one who resembles the Son of God. Uh, so this is not the Son of God, but rather one who resembles the Son of God. We see that in, in verse 3. And so we know that he's here to point us to the Son of God, point us to Jesus. And so he's not hes not Jesus. This isn't a pre-incarnate Jesus. This is someone who points us to Jesus, someone who resembles him, someone who's a type of Son of God, uh, but not the Son of God. And Scripture is intentionally vague about some of the details, I believe, in order to enhance that, that image, that pointer. And so we see here that uh, there is... Uh, it says in verse 3 that he's without father, mother, genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God. And so there's not much mentioned about who he is. He sort of just comes onto the scene and then disappears uh, from the scene. And we get this uh, this picture, and it's sort of mysterious. And I think that the phrase resembling of the Son of God is a, is a big clue to us about why there's such vagueness. And that, that phrase, resembling the Son of God, literally means having been made like the Son of God. And so intentionally, they took this character who's a righteous man. Uh, they took him and they said, we want to make him like the Son of Man. We'll, we'll use his story to point people to Jesus. And in doing so, in order to do that more effectively, we'll leave out things about him. So it's not that he literally had no father, literally had no mother, genealogy, beginning of days or end, but just that his genealogy wasn't included. Right? This is something that is included of, of other priests that we see that come along later uh, in the, the, the Levitical priesthood. Uh, we see that the times of their birth and death are recorded, but Melchizedek, that is intentionally left out. So he comes onto the scene. Uh, these details are left out intentionally. Uh, in other words, his background uh, was specifically written in such a way that he would bear resemblance to Christ. Uh, we don't know uh, his background, where he's from, whose parents were, where he died. He's a person of mystery. Uh, he, in history, he seemingly appears out of nowhere, and then he's he's just gone. And we just see him in passing reference uh, throughout some other passages in Scripture. But what are some of the similarities that we do see between King Melchizedek and and Christ? We see that this passage points us back to what happens in Genesis chapter 14, that Abraham gives 10% of everything uh, to him. This, this is, reminds us of, of tithing and giving 10% of what we have to God. We see that he's a king of righteousness. He's a king of peace. Uh, this is what his name means. And so that's that's definitely reminding us of, of Christ, reminding us of, of our Savior. Um, and so we see this connection between the mysteries of, 
of this king of Salem and the, and and Christ. And the the point of Hebrews chapter 7 is to show us that the the priesthood that is set up by Christ is far better than the priesthood that is set up by the Levites by the line of of Aaron in the Old Testament. And so we see that that in the Old Testament, the sacrificial system, the priesthood that was established, was always meant to just point to Christ. It's never meant to be perfect. It's never meant to to be lasting or eternal. But that comes in through the line of Melchizedek and Jesus Christ, and that is is the permanent system that it, that we have in place. And so the the system before is is heavily flawed. Uh, we see it's it's led by by sinful men. We read through the Old Testament. We see the priests, although they have a high, high calling and a high responsibility. They're not, they're not perfect, and, and therefore the system is not perfect. The sacrifices they make are not perfect sacrifices, and so always meant to point us ahead to Christ and never meant to be the, the final solution. And so we see that the, the priests are high in number. Jesus is high priest, is, is one in number, and that's it. We see that the, the priests are temporary. Uh, Jesus is permanent, and he is eternal. The priests in the Old Testament are sinners who offered sacrifices for their own sins. We see that Jesus doesn't have to do that. He did, it's not necessary for him to do that. They had to sacrifice daily. Christ's sacrifice is, is not daily. It's once, and it's for all. They had to make uh, offerings of, of sacrificial animals. Jesus sacrificed himself. And so, like, again, they what they are doing is not meant to be eternal. What Christ did once and for all is eternal. Uh, they entered into the holy places through a man-made tent and by means of the blood of goats and calves. So we see the tabernacle, we see the temple, and these are these are constructed by men. Jesus, if we skip ahead a little bit to Hebrews chapter 9, uh, it tells us he entered the holy place of the presence of God by means of his own blood. And so he is a far superior priest bringing a far superior system and that is the point of of hebrews chapter 7 and it's really an important keystone part in the entire book of hebrews that we understand look this this old system needed to be replaced it was never meant to be permanent it was always meant uh, to point us to christ and so we can we can have uh faith in that we can put our trust in that system of christ that it is perfect that it is eternal uh, and that when we confess our sins that his his blood paid the price uh, for those sins and now we can follow uh, christ as our as our king as our leader but also as our priest thank you so much for joining me today hope you have a wonderful rest of your day god bless